0: Welcome to Bad Movie Branch. I'm Luke.
1: I'm Katie. And I'm Taylor. Oh, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa.
2: Ha,
0: ha. Katie. Good choice.
2: Thank you. I uh, I was scrolling through movies trying to figure out something. I, I definitely want to watch Home on the Range at some point. But uh, I wanted to kind of break it up a little bit and do something uh, different because we did a um, a family uh, half animation hybrid last week. So I wanted to go through and see if I could find something a little bit different. And I was scrolling through Hulu looking at all of the movies trying to see if I could find anything good. And I saw a night at the Roxbury and I was curious because I'd never look up the the Rotten Tomatoes on it before. Oh, and yeah, so I went bad, to Google. Dude. <laughs> Yeah, it's like nine percent, and I was like, nine. "Oh,
0: a nine, a
2: single digit." Mm-hmm. So I, I I wanted to tackle this one because and it felt a little bit like cheating because this one I I think is beloved, like it 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 at least from my own personal experience, it seems to have stood the test of time a lot better than a lot of the other uh, SNL films, exactly. and uh, it it was my brother's friend's favorite film in high school. And I was talking to Erica about it, and it was one of her favorite films when when she was growing up. And uh, I just think that this film has been done dirty, critically speaking, and I wanted to bring it to the table.
0: Katie, let me tell you, this is everybody's brother's friend's favorite movie from high school. (laughs) Like, that's the the deal. And I think it's not a movie for critics. Like, The Nine Mm -hmm. is just so fucking stupid. Like, The Nine Mm -hmm. is ridiculous because comedy-wise, it's kind of a banger. But I think, I think it's, it's very culty, a big cult, like a Mm. cult that's so big, it's almost an organized religion, but still culty perhaps, Mm -hmm. because I think like, you know, there is that sweet spot of us that I think know it and grew up with it. It's kind of like in the fabric, but I think there's actually like, to the general public, I don't know how many people know this. Like, and I think there's something evergreen about it because Will Ferrell's there and this is long before he was like, you know, a movie star. So I think this will always bear rewatchability, considering how huge he got. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think it's done really done dirty by uh, critics. A nine is an egregious oversight and and kind of uh, could add to the argument that the whole tomato meter uh, model of judging films and ranking, uh, how how movies stack up might be bullshit. But, Taylor, you are cold on this, right? You'd never seen it at all. Like, I grew up with this and loved it. My Aiden, who'd been on the podcast from uh, the Remember Me episode, introduced this to me quite young, and it was just became a staple. My dad thought this movie was hilarious. I think, every, you know, like I said, it's, it, it really exists within us. But how did you feel?
1: I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I, I think... I think it's a, when we're tackling another movie again that it's like, if you don't know this movie or you don't know that, like, you'll hear the song that we sang at the beginning and you'll know what movie we're talking about. I think that this kind of tackles an issue about the tomato meter that's very much how much can critics hate a comedy? Um, I also wonder if the hardest thing about when this was, like, especially reviewed critically. Um, is it in the peak of SNL movies? And that's why we, Definitely. why it was probably like, I'm tired of seeing an SNL movie at this point. And like, mm. th- so it's like the, it's the Marvel effect where it's like, how many comic book movies are we going to see in the next tw- 10, 15 years? Ver- like, versus like, oh, okay. I haven't seen an SNL movie in a long time. Sure, we just, uh, what's it? Barb and Star with Kristen Wig that just came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, they, I don't think they're the same. Like I, I don't, don't believe it's
0: based on a sketch.
1: Yes, that's like like I,
0: Wayne's World, Coneheads, Blues Brothers. Those yeah. are based on sketches. MacGruber. Mm-hmm. And
1: I didn't even grow up with any of that. Like oh, I was literally talking about this with my stepdad, and like we were on all a big call today, and they're like, "You haven't seen that?" And you haven't seen that? And I go, "No, like we did a, The closest thing I got to SNL as a child was there was a. Uh, YMCA um, run like teen event that was called Saturday Night Live because, and that was when kids would go and hang out at the YMCA. Like, dude, if Lauren Michaels
0: (laughs) knew about that, he would shut your shit down.
1: Yeah, well, (laughs) come at me, Lauren, be my guest. Mm -hmm. Just kidding, I'd like to meet you. No, either way, no, no, either way, but I love it because it's like wa- it's like getting to watch will Farrell from the very beginning and you're like what a baby
0: And will Ferrell's not even the one that's like giving it man like will Ferrell's mm-hmm. like he's doing his thing but Chris Kattan is is bringing 3000 percent energy mm-hmm. to this flick and I'm I'm here for literally every second that dude that dude makes a half a facial facial expression and I'm just I'm just rolling I'm losing yeah. it losing See? my mind mm-hmm. cracks my shit. Why does he fidget so weird when he dances and walks? It's fucking hilarious.
1: (laughs) I'm like, I was there for Will Ferrell because I feel like it's the beginning of, look at him. He is a dog. He can shit on the floor, and I will still laugh and still love him and be like, it's okay, good dog. Um, Maybe that sounds a lot meaner now that I say it out loud, but I feel like he is one of the greatest actors to be like, You know, you do a lot of stupid things, um, but I really enjoy you. And I think that people – I don't think he gets enough credit for all of the movies that he's made that are, like, literally ridiculous and can be quite stupid. But, like, I think that's actually harder than most people expect it. And I think that's why we – it's important to acknowledge this 9% because I think that, like, I think critics are very mean about – Comedy.
0: Yeah, you said something really insightful when we were watching. It. I thought, and like, I I never really stopped and I guess thought about the fact that uh critics look at comedies through a, a very specific lens, and they can be harsher um, to to that genre. I, I like the way you said about that, Katie. Do you agree with that?
2: Uh, absolutely. I I think that like uh so, something like this because I, I was talking with I watched this with Erica. And uh, it, it's like a lot of movies that we cover on this show, which is you have to just be in the right mindset to watch it. Like, you're not going to go into this expecting Shakespeare. And there's points that don't really connect. Like, at some point, there's a club owner who has <laughs> a uh, an assistant who it Mr. seems S- like he's going to be uh, an antagonist, but then isn't. And that's <laughs> kind of weird. But then you don't Disco care. punks because it it just the movie it's it's kind of a conflict-free movie there are yeah. some things that happen but overall you're just kind of enjoying these goofy guys and how much they enjoy each other and that's it's it's more of an experience than a plot i would say this
0: this movie was like a decade ahead of, i mean a decade at most but like at least let's count what old schools is three so mm-hmm. th- at least five to ten years old Early to the whole uh, bromance movie party. Oh, absolutely! Like, if this came out in the peak of it with like the I Love You Mans and Super Bads of the world, I I Mm -hmm. think it fucking crushes. Uh, And and because like that just wasn't quite the thing. And Taylor was pointing out too, like how this was like like seriously a prototype Step Brothers plot wise and stuff for the most part. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you're right. Like, and then you know you wait a few few years later and get legitimate like you know, Farrell's a movie star at that point. John C. Riley's huge at that point because of Talladega Nights. McKay's coming off that. And then you do that movie and everybody's like, this is the best comedy I've ever seen. But what's so different about Step Brothers and A Night at the Roxbury? Really? I, like, not that honestly, much.
2: Honestly, you know what I think is different about it? Because I actually, uh, I've never gotten Step Brothers. And I know that that's, like, a kind of a sin. A lot of people really Sound like effect. Step Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> but I... To me, that movie is a little mean. And I like this one more because I I find it to be a lot sweeter. And uh, just on a personal level, I I just think it's a sweeter movie. Um, Just that's the vibe. Because we're good
0: looking, we're very good looking. You especially. (laughs) You like, That's some good friendship right there.
2: Yeah, and I like that they're literal (sighs) brothers. Like, that's fun. I I like that they're just totally there for each other and... You're right. Like he does the whole boombox thing. They go through all the, the, uh, <laughs> like makeup, movie. breakup parts. It, it truly is like a, a brotherly love story. And I, I just, it's, it's sweet. And they're just dim and they get what they want and they don't have to work for it. But I don't care because I
1: just like them. What, uh, one million trillion percent. Um, Katie, I literally, I was like, they are—they're so happy together, and that's why I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. I feel like I forgive a lot more because I just am like, these guys are having a good time. I'm having a good time. Um, but that does bring up you—you you bring up the uh, antagonist part, and I'm like, it is so confusing because it seems like I w- out of left field, Molly Shannon. Oh is yeah. Now she becomes it, and I just I'm like. <laughs> I didn't, I thought that that was. I'm like, I'm not really sure why you went there. Nice bulbs, Uh Emily. (laughs) She's like, oh, thank, and I didn't mean that. Uh I mean, and I mean that metaphorically. (sighs) Um, But but then I think about it even more so. It's kind of like all of the women are, are the antagonists. Uh well, yeah, yeah, because
0: it's a total bromance movie. Yeah. <laughs> a wholesome one, as wholesome as it gets of a, bro, like, a bromance movie. But yes, just, that's how it goes. Tell me tell me Judd Apatow hasn't made every single one of his movies based on the women being the villain to all the dudes trying to have a fun time. I hey, I, I mm-hmm. like Judd. Like I love his flicks, but I mean or you know And like usually his,
2: his wife is the is the antagonist, which is interesting. Exactly.
0: I'm telling you, man, this movie missed its era just a little. Mm-hmm. Went a little bit ahead of its time. Yeah, well, and still have and still found an audience because people do love
2: mm-hmm. it. Absolutely. The uh, and, and go ahead, Katie. Do, I, I was just going to go over the plot really quickly if, yes. you, if you guys are cool with that.
0: We're like it is so wholesome. <laughs> <It> <laughs> yes. Is. Tell, so, what's the plot?
2: <laughs> so, there are these two brothers, the Butabi brothers, and they really enjoy going They're brothers? To class, but no. They... <laughs> yes. Oh! And, they're they're very dim and they they have a very specific style and uh they're not able to to really actually get into these clubs they like they, it's more like they like being in line but one day they manage to get into the Roxbury after almost getting hit by Richard Grieco of Twenty One Jump Street <laughs> fame and they bond with the owner of the club Mr Zadir and um <laughs> sweet sides Mr Zadir. Yeah, and he uh, he takes a liking to them, and they <laughs> they spend a night to w- with one another, and they pitch him their club idea. And um, the next morning, they try to approach Mr. Zadir about the the club, and he they're blocked by his assistant. And uh, and then I get to a point in this where I'm like, how do these things connect? But anyway, Molly Shannon starts dating Will Ferrell's character, and it kind of breaks. The relationship between Chris Catan and Will Ferrell apart. Uh, and it gets to a point where we're, Will Ferrell clearly doesn't want to marry Molly Shannon, but he yeah. is kind of for, like, he's he's really pressured to be not just by Molly Shannon, but by his father because her family owns a, another business. They're, the Butabi brothers, their father owns a fake plant store and he wants to merge forces with another with another family that I presume also does a ridiculous business. This their lamp store, it. lighting picture It's a lamp store, there yeah. it is. And uh but right is Will Farrell's character is being forced to marry Molly Shannon, Chris Kattan decides it's time to make up with his brother and he brings out a boombox with the song that they would dance to at the clubs, "The Aways. Uh oh my gosh. Um what is well, love? What love? is love? Yeah, I had to think about it. I can't believe it. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa, whoa. And they join forces once again. Will Ferrell uh, just wants to hang out with Chris Kattan. And then they manage to... They they drive by and they see what was their club idea. <laughs> hey. And they approach Mr. Zadir and they become club partners. I so, cut you
0: boys in. It was your idea.
2: <laughs> and it's just... That's just the movie. Like they put cherries
0: in those drinks.
2: Yeah, it, it's very not serious. Very much just go with the flow. It's more about the jokes than the plot. And yet, if you're not thinking about it too hard, it's a pretty good time.
0: It's it plus like it's 82 minutes, man. Like mm-hmm. people can call that a detriment, but I think you get in there an hour 22. You're in and out, and you laughed your you laughed your butt off. I mean, I know I did. <laughs>
1: I think that this also, like, Luke already mentioned Aiden, um, but I I can so clearly see that Luke and Aiden thought this was going to be their lives. <laughs> and I think that there are lots of, like, bromances that were started out of this that were like, we're buddies. But I think, like, the nice thing is that, like, they, where they don't cross the line, which I think sometimes these bromance movies, like the, what you're saying about Judd Apatow, is it's not, like... M- Molly Shannon isn't their worst enemy, and then, like, they have to destroy her in the end. She still gets to marry some other guy. Yeah, and, and, like, and yeah. to be
0: clear, like, to be clear, uh, uh, Doug only hates her because he wants his brother to himself. Yeah. Like, she's not yeah, bad, absolutely. really. She's not all that villainous. She's just trying to live a life with... She's just trying to live out her life, too.
1: Yeah, but Wait, I, I, I... I still... Go ahead, Katie.
2: Oh, I was just gonna say, what I really like about the Molly Shannon character, too, is that she's fun. And, and yeah. like, they're all man-children, and she gets to be just as immature and selfish as the boys. And she oh, she's yeah. very much on their level. And and you're right, she does end up marrying a different guy who happens to be the guy that plays, uh oh gosh, what's her name? Betty's dad on Riverdale. Oh uh, yeah, Blossom yeah. Blood.
1: <laughs> I will not have a baby with Blossom Blood. It's so good. Oh. And,
0: and, Dude, we got I, it. We were into Riverdale for Hot Men, weren't we, baby? Yes,
1: we were.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, it's a good time. So I, I really appreciate that aspect of it, that Molly Shannon, even though I agree, she is an antagonist and she's not painted in the most, uh, you know, greatest light. No. I, I think that her character is fun just because she's as immature as the guys. And I think that she's a star player and she does very well here.
1: I think they also do a great job of like she is the one who is like sex crazed too. So that's mm-hmm. the other thing that they are not really. The guys are afraid too. of sex. Like yeah. they're
0: super scared of it. They like they have no idea what's going on.
1: And like the wholesome part that they add for Chris Katan, which I think is also something that like sometimes the these movies yeah. The credit credit card 64... four operator six two four or something like that. Right. Um mm-hmm. I feel like that's super wholesome and, like... Not the card sweetness. Yes. Me <laughs> There's just, like, the middle part of them with the two girls and losing their virginity mm-hmm. that's just, like, I don't know if we needed it.
0: I liked all the timestamps stamps in this movie. I liked all the, like, here we are at this time. I'd never noticed that before, like, ever. And I've, I've seen this movie, like, a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I didn't, like, I remember the 42 seconds later one because like that sticks out in everybody. But, like they they do it all the time in this flick. They're like, "Here's where they are at what time."
1: Yeah. I just feel like uh it, it was
0: Well, oh, and babe, don't forget that Will Farrell gets the hottie police officer. Oh, yes. Not only did he get his Dad ba- <laughs> only did he get her badge number, but he also has a date to meet her at the municipal state court.
1: <laughs> I yeah, then that is like Will Farrell is giving his best of like Look mm-hmm. at me be the nice puppy dog that you're just kind of like, oh, you silly, silly little Labrador. Whatever
0: you say, TJ Hooker.
1: <laughs> also, how come those two haven't played opposite each other as like parents yet? I feel like oh, that's a detriment. Him and Shannon? No, not Molly Shannon. The um, Chris Kattan? No. Will Farrell and the woman who plays. Hottie police officer.
0: Yeah. Stifler's mm-hmm. mom.
1: I think of her as uh, um, Jennifer Coolidge. I think, oh, there we go. As she's in um, Legally Blonde. Mm, Yeah. Good call. Good call. She's Uh, funny. I just feel like that's a movie we deserve as well. So, yeah. I just thought that it wasn't. I I just am like, what's so harsh about? of that, this movie that makes you give it an eight percent, nine percent, a nine percent. Give credit <laughs> where it's due. Taylor. Yeah, give, the, give them, the, the extra one percent milk. Um, you
0: save one percent on a on a on a purchase. You'd remember. It's yeah. a good percentage.
1: Because even the like idea of the club inside a club. We have a cat
0: shitting shitting mm-hmm. here right
1: now. Okay. You hear him just shitting. They right, probably couldn't have. But, um, uh, but I think that it's like the even their idea of. I think that the club should be uh, an outside club inside. Doesn't that blow your <laughs> mind? And, and, like, there's nothing about this movie that makes you want to... I wonder if it's, like, the... I will say, I think people did take this genre and then just make it the worst. Like, then they made it, like, really gendered and annoying, and I think now there are some things that we're getting... Well, and it's like, and it's like look... We went too
0: far is this movie paper thin plot wise yes like mm-hmm. you're t- you're literally taking a, you know a 4 minute sketch or whatever the fuck and stretching it into a feature like that is no small feat and it clicks hard sometimes in the case of Wayne's world when you have a media enough script it clicks mm-hmm. hard if you have something like blues brothers uh, yeah. but but a lot of other ones don't become like well well revered by like uh critics and viewers alike and you know there's just one of those cases and, and and you know there's also a few things that date it in a weird way like the cell phone stuff i bet your kids today don't recognize that shit yeah. like doing the 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 climax of them as like well first they do the first they do the uh say anything with the speaker which is fine because it's hilarious as fuck everybody mm-hmm. does that but then they do like a jerry Maguire reference right the whole yeah. like, shut up <laughs> you had me at hello and it's like i get it i remember jerry Maguire, but like mm-hmm. it's a weird time to to pick i don't know i feel like that was a weird time to pick that, that for the sketch. movie yeah that was, that was a sketch in there that was like very set in its time like there's a couple things that like that jumped out to me but you you're right, and, and even like stuff where you could be like you know these guys are portraying characters that aspire to be womanizers they're so like mm-hmm. fool like they're so foolish and like Have no chance of it except for like those girls taking advantage of them because they thought that they were rich. You know what I mean? Like, 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 and that the the whole idea of like if they are doing that with their nose because they're snorting Coke, at least we're not showing it. This is a pretty family friendly Mm -hmm. movie. If they are like, you know, hitting all these women, hitting on all these women, like they're mostly getting like kicked in the balls and stuff if they go too far. So,
1: and I wouldn't even go ahead, Katie. Oh, no, no, you go ahead. All I was going to say is, like, and it's it's never that far, like, cheesy line. Even Chris Kattan, which is, <laughs> so he good. is the I character that is, like, the annoying one, right? Like, that's what we're supposed to gather is he's actually the one that's, like, Mm, you're gonna say the thing that's gonna hurt people's feelings the most i don't even think he goes that far with women either and and maybe i'm like i don't know maybe i'm being too nice right now and i'll rewatch it again well he's it's
0: sad like he he's so he's so devoid of self-confidence uh steve Mm -hmm. uh, not steve doug butabi
1: yeah uh Mm -hmm. is so
0: devoid of self-confidence and that's why he's this way steve is just an amalgamation he would be Steve is, is is literally just whoever the person that's pulling the strings wants him to be. That's why he became whoever Molly Shannon wanted. That's why yeah. he dresses like Steve, and he just kind of emulates what he does. But the fact of the matter is he has he has most fun when he's with his brother doing that stuff. So, like, you're right. Like, everything kind of shakes out, and it's, it's pretty, you know, yes, simple, but overall pretty pure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. When I was watching this with Erica, she pointed out that this movie works because there's two of them. Like, if this was a movie just about one guy going to all mm-hmm. these clubs by himself and not having backup, it would totally fall apart. And we do see a bit of that in the movie during the period when uh, when Doug and Steve <laughs> are separated, where, where Doug tries do to go, go to the clubs by himself, and and it is it's very sad and it's yeah, it's, it's a desperate. And what these two bring to one another is, is there, there there's this kind of codependency where mm-hmm. they don't know and, and there's instances in the movie where they don't know how to dance with women so they try to dance with each other and then they get pulled back <laughs> to dancing with women.
0: <laughs> he like jumps in the air and he like lifts him like a swan like a. Bum <laughs> bum 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 bum. Whoa! Bum 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 bum. Can you
1: tell that Luke really liked this movie? This movie's <laughs> one of my favorites. I love it.
0: It's so goofy. I like um, I I like that these characters get wins, and I also like that this is a commentary too, like about these annoying like spoiled like rich kids that live in like fucking Beverly Hills and stuff. Like I mean, it's like they are making fun of them. Like you know, to be clear, like they are these characters for a reason. And like, like the the jokes run wild with that. It becomes funnier. Like the fact that he moves out of their dad's house where they're sharing, like they're grown men with twin beds next to each other in that one bedroom, and like <laughs> and like Doug moves out to the backyard to the guest house where there's Cinemax, but there's no HBO. <laughs> it's all it's all just a good time. Like they're yeah. spoiled rotten. Their lives mm-hmm. honestly couldn't be much better, and yet. They still want more, you know. They yeah. want their own club, and they get it. And I'm happy that they get it. This is like the era where somebody would try to sequelize this, and it'd be really bad. So just leave oh, it yeah. alone. So just leave it alone.
1: We're saying it now, so you don't you don't need to. It reminds me a lot of, and I feel like that's why I also really enjoyed it. I've watched uh, Rami and Michelle's high school reunion. Is it
0: Romy or Rami?
1: R- uh, it's. It's got to be Romy. Romy. Yeah. Oops. You know. Rami's
0: on Hulu. Yeah. That's a whole different show.
1: Anywho. Um, but, oh, sorry. <laughs> but I'm like, I feel like those two together, it's like, we really got a lot of just like, friends being silly, and like, two friends who aren't going very far, and then they're winning in the end, and I feel like this, mm-hmm. that's the exact same thing, and now I'm like, looking it up, oh, maybe it's not 59%, but that movie has a 59%.
0: What and this has this has a oh my god that's crazy, and here's here's what else I'll here's what else I will say. A- Romy and Michelle's high school reunion got a ABC Family prequel. Yeah. Uh, so if, if 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 Freeform wants to do an, a a prequel of Night at the Roxbury, I am, I, don't know if I am need all that. for that.
1: But you just said that we didn't need <laughs> it. No, I said no. no
0: sequel. But if they want to do a prequel of different actors, I'll make that. Here, hire me, Freeform. Let's talk. I can totally Shush. do. Oh my god, the night before the Roxbury. And it's like, bum, 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 but bum, Whoa, bum, I, bum, And I recast. It's like, who do I cast? No who do one, I cast? Pete Davidson is Doug Butabi. No. Steve Butabi. No. Steve Butabi is Jason no. Sudeikis.
1: What? <laughs> yeah. This doesn't make any sense. They're
0: picking SNL alums that I, that I like in those They're older, roles. though.
1: That's just the it same age. It doesn't matter. Age. That's the same age. No.
0: Jason Sudeikis is way younger than Will Ferrell. He's got to be. They're fucking in their 50s. Is Sadek in his 50s?
1: No, but I think that your Honestly. prequel doesn't make any sense. Yeah,
0: but, well, because if it's the night before the Roxbury, they're not Is high schoolers. Is it the night before? Yes, literally. No. Yes.
1: Anywho, no, no, no. Because the you night have,
0: after the Roxbury.
1: You know what we need? More original you know, content. No, let's make the sequel. Let's just make an original <laughs> content. Like, I changed j- my mind. Just stop. Just stop. The original content. Wayne's World
0: 2 was good.
1: Oh, you're taking it all back now.
0: I am, kind of.
1: You're getting nostalgia all over the place. You're right, I'll Careful. Start. It's going to will.
2: I will tell you that I, uh, be- because we had some extra time today before we recorded, I went into a bit of a Chris Katan deep dive, and Ugh. I'll I'll let you know that he is down to do a sequel, if that does ever come up, but- Oh
0: my God, did he say that?
2: Yeah, he said that, yeah.
0: Oh, I fucking love him. I did also a Chris Kattan deep dive last night and was shocked to find out he's, like, only 50 flat. Like, I'm like, this dude's still young. Like, this guy's talented. We've seen it. I didn't really like Corky Romano that much as a kid, I must admit, but.
1: Mm. I don't even know it. But, you know, I think that this, all that being said, I really truly believe this is, like, in the surplus of airplane and, uh, uh, all of the SNL movies. Airplane's
0: not an SNL movie. Just, just to help. But like
1: those, isn't that comedy? This right around the same time. Yeah, like, like in the May. '70s. Oh, really?
0: Airplane's from the '70s.
1: Oh man, I thought it was old, or It yeah. was newer. The <sighs> night I no. take all back. I mean, but anyhow, SNL was around in the SNL, '70s. The
0: Blues Brothers were the '70s.
1: But SNL like like these kind of comedies were all over the place and i just feel like this one just happened to come at the wrong time of like oh man another one
0: does anybody know it's theatrical numbers like did this go to movie theaters and do just do shit all because i feel like it had to do okay at home home theater i feel like everybody all my friends had this dvd i had it walmart dude gave these five dollar dvds out like candy you fucking practically they practically gave it to you they're like hey welcome to walmart you guys want to go to the roxbury tonight
2: also, when you were doing your Chris Kattan deep dive, did you come across his memoir? No. Okay, because there's an did interesting you- bit about Night of the Roxbury in there that kind of blew up a couple years ago that I totally oh, forgot please about. Please
0: tell me. Please tell me.
2: So I guess Chris Kattan, in his book, uh, which is called Baby Don't Hurt Me, he Hell, yes. alleges that Lauren Michaels pressured him. To sleep with a prospective director of this movie, um, um, I a guy Amy Heckerling. Oh, okay. Amy Heckerling, and uh, she had also uh, directed um, Clueless, and I, say, uh, I know
0: this name.
2: Yeah, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and um, uh, and I guess they did have a relationship at some point, but but that was like a big thing that came out in like uh 2019, um. Of course, Amy Heckerling, uh, her daughter came forward and said that that was totally not true. And actually, um, when they were dating, Chris Katan made a comment that Lauren said something like, Why would you want to date her? She's so old. And that ended up giving her mom an eating disorder because she felt so self-conscious about being the older woman in this relationship. So that, who knows? Who knows? But like, that is is something that came up in relation to this movie
1: yikes
0: yeah that's not great yeah man this uh, you the dark underbelly of, of a night at the roxbury streaming on amazon prime and apparently hulu too so kids <laughs> make sure make sure you get to your streaming device and watch it don't think about the don't think about the dark stuff
2: <laughs> and i'm sorry to bring the room down but but no, those are just some things that i wanted sometimes. to
0: that's the thing it's important it's important <laughs> the room's brought down Maybe that's why. Maybe we were fighting. Maybe we wanted this movie too much, Taylor. Maybe we wanted to like it too much.
1: Well, maybe that's why it has a 9%. You know, I never. They're like, hey,
0: that's not good. I'm like, like, oh, I like that they're friends. That was me.
1: And they're like, this is actually kind of offensive. And we're like,
0: hmm. Well, it's important to know, to know, um, to be educated on such things still think the movie overall is
1: it's hard though because we were very we're very much speculative well not that part about what C- Katie just told us
0: oh no not the part about him being pressured by Lauren Michaels to have sex with Amy Heckerling. that part's not good it
1: that hurts
0: that's the least good part of this whole episode but it's also yeah. important to mention yep I didn't deep dive nearly as hard as you did on Chris Katan, Katie good Lord anything else
2: Oh yeah. Uh, well, he because um, I was you know as we were watching it was like where what happened to Chris Kattan, and I guess he um, he was I mean we remember him as a very physical comedian. He, he really like threw himself into the roles, and uh, there was a sketch a Golden Girls sketch that he did around like two thousand one two thousand two where he went he was uh, pretending to choke on cheesecake and he fell back, and when he fell back he broke his neck, and did? um. Yeah.
0: Holy fuck. Why was he pretending to choke on cheesecake?
2: Like uh, I thing. guess it was just part of the sketch. Um, But yeah, he, he had to get like five surgeries and he uh, <gasps> pretended that it didn't happen uh, at first. Like he stuck it out for months at SNL because he didn't want to be put out of commission. And he ended up being put out of commission even even so. And I guess SNL only paid for like two of his five surgeries. Yeah, and... Right. um. He he's been really struggling to get back in the game. Um and he he details all of that in his memoirs. He also dated Zoe Deschanel Chanel at some point.
0: Good for him. Very interesting. You know, he's had a life. He lived alive.
2: Yeah. But I, I think he's great. doing well now and he's written his memoir and if it it, it sounds really interesting and um it, it it's also interesting going back and looking at his his sketches. Like he has one called Mango. Um or, or a character called Mango, who was this very um, flamboyant gay stripper, and that <laughs> that go. character doesn't read, and and it's interesting in these in these in these interviews where people are like, "Do you regret not doing a Mango movie?" And he's like, oh, no." And um, I, I agree. I I think that that was probably for the best. Yeah. Like if if, if this is the legacy, um. I even though we talked about some of the things that are, are problematic in retrospect, I do think that at, at the end of the day, it is a really sweet movie. And um, it, it's always good to acknowledge some of the darkness, oh, without but a doubt, you, can, of course. you can still appreciate I, a movie for I like for you digging its good up history well. about this,
0: too. Like I like knowing the context surrounding, you know, it's good to know about I mean, about the good, bad and the ugly man. That's what this game's all about. That's what Bad mm-hmm. Movie Brent is all about
1: bad movie brunch
0: you guys have any <laughs> extra credits i mean i think we're good on night at the roxbury are we not i
1: think you're right
0: Mm-hmm. what do we watch
1: what what oh yeah we watched raya and the last dragon oh we bought how was it. that um, oh perfection um mm. it's there's a there's so much there's so much going on um, that Disney keeps saying we're gonna progress, and uh, I appreciate it in so many ways. I thought that they did a lot too in like the amount of time. Yeah, we love Aquafina. We love mm. Aquafina. We also love that Disney loves to hire these comedians that would not be kid friendly <laughs> for kid friendly movies. I'm, I'm here
0: for it. Like, yeah,
1: we watched Nora. Uh, her TV show is fantastic. Which I don't even think we talked about it on extra credits here, did we?
0: It's getting a second season too. I think we talked about it. Yeah, maybe we didn't.
1: So we loved it. We loved it. But like mm. the, the, the she's she's got a, what the biggest dildo on she's planet Earth. She's got like Earth a dildo joke?
0: like akin to like the Doctor Manhattan bl- big blue dildo on the Watchmen HBO series. Like a it's bigger. a big old fucking dildo, and she's like ripping bongs in bed and stuff. And I'm like, I love that she can also be a, in a Disney flick and 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 crush mm-hmm. it there too.
1: Yeah, so we're we're talk just, about range, my friend. We're like, thank you, Disney, uh, but we're big Aquafina fans. And also the
0: farewell. It's like, she, like this oh, this yeah. girl this this girl is like is is a, an actor like of a generation like once in a once in a lifetime talent in my opinion.
1: Oh, and I watched No Man Land, which Frances McDormand. Take me under your wing, please. <laughs> I love you so much. I'm sure everyone else in the world wants it too but I love you so much I think you're incredible I think watch I love watching her in every single role she makes acting look easy and makes it she look like she has lived the life of her characters her whole life mm-hmm. um, It's in the eyes man oh yeah it's in her everyday interaction her mannerisms her perfection her. Oh, I love her she's so much. She's average. She is. She is. And she's just like an icon. She's just a badass motherfucking woman. And, and I... she's
0: been on, like on on our TVs our whole life. Like, my parents had the far, had Fargo on VHS. Like, yeah. I, this woman's never not been in the mainstream. At least like, well, as long as we've been around.
1: I just feel like getting her after we saw Three Billboards also was super exciting. I thought that movie was really great. Um, love that. Movie. Yeah. And those are my extra credits for... I think it's everything we watched yeah. a lot of shit katie
2: very nice uh i um recently with my uh with my roommates we do this thing every weekend where we do sunday macaroni where we all like roll a dice and we have our names on a on a whiteboard and with a couple of movies down there and it Cute. landed on my name and one of oh, my movies <laughs> and best. uh the the movie that it landed on was chasing amy which I haven't seen for a while, even though it's one of my favorite movies, and it was one of my big comfort movies in high school. And I, you know, I, I've definitely made my case about that movie on this podcast before, um, and I, I'll I continue to stand by it. I think that movie's really solid, really great, and I, um, I really loved watching it again. It, it just... Uh, the, the complexities of the relationships in that movie and, like, a lot of the dialogue still clicks. And it, it was fun to introduce that movie to a, a new uh, bunch of people. Um, I have also been continuing to watch Close Enough, which is J.G. Quintel's show about parenthood. It gets a little surreal. It's on HBO Max. I highly recommend it. It's been cracking Erica and I up. Ooh. Fuck yeah. And
0: Chasing Amy was HBO Max as well, right? Yes. Mm-hmm yeah they they got a lot of kev flicks on there. I know him Spain. <laughs> <laughs> um that's awesome man that I'm so happy it landed on that i I see a lot of that flick in my everyday merchandise life, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm happy it's continuing and you know it's still aging uh as well like there's certain things that don't work as well and and people have acknowledged that, but I think it was also just like another flick way ahead of its time. I love chasing mm-hmm. Amy uh
1: <laughs> I did not like it, but I also did a monologue for that for my college auditions and had never seen the movie. Uh. We went to the framing
0: store this weekend but we <laughs> bought frames.
1: We did.
2: <laughs> oh, with that being said, I've been Katie.
0: Yeah, say so you got to do it if, if you do that with that being said. I'm Luke.
1: I'm Taylor. Sorry.
0: <laughs> you have a good one, folks. <laughs>